game-by-game uh, -game records for these teams. Apparently, my shushing wasn't enough. BJ just kept going anyway, so. I wasn't even paying Hello. attention. You're welcome. <laughs> Hello. 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 BJ. Yes. I like your shirt. This is the only time I will wear anything like this. Do you need like beat this. up with an iron skillet? Yeah. Are you being I bet you I'm, just, I'm just surprised that you own one, honestly. Like that's... Oh, yeah. I mean, who do you think got it for me? I'll give you one hint, or I'll give you one guess in the first... First hint doesn't count. Terry Jailer. Yes, there you go. No. We preferred ties. <laughs> I mean that he he talks about the Pony Express days. So might as well have a shirt. No, might but this well. this is. I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with them 364 days out of the year because they really never even crossed my mind the, the 364 days of the year. So. Fair enough. I don't have a problem. No. I like your jersey. Thank you. Yeah, I got the, the Navy jersey out today. Uh, I figured American Athletic Conference, even though they're probably not going to be there for long. Um, yeah. I like Cam's shirt, too. Hey, worth it. Hey, look at Cam down there covering half of it up. Anyways. It's duh. We got the American Athletic Conference preview today amongst a lot of other news. Um and some breaking news that actually just came out probably about 20 minutes ago. So we're going to be talking about all that and more. Let's just go ahead and, and get started with it. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal file. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. These people don't give a Well, it's another day. Wednesday. I got it right today. Uh, it is Wednesday, <laughs> my dudes. Did no, you have I, to? Hey, I made that joke last week. It's okay. I'm angry um, today. I am sorry on. that anybody. <laughs> I, I, I mute my TV before two and a half men gets me canceled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why would it get you canceled, man? I don't know. There's some. You never know what's going to happen there. That's um, true. Well, let's just go ahead and start today with the stat of the day. I mean, that's the best place to go on a uh, yes. at the first part of this episode. Cam, tell me you have it. Yes, I absolutely do. I remembered to do it today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're proud. All right. So, uh, I'm sure what the sponsors want to hear, Cam. Thanks. Yes. Um, but of course, it's presented by Stathead. Um, great, great people over there um, for all things stats. Um, anyways, last year in the top 20 re receiving yards um, annually. There was four players from the athletic con, the, the American. American Athletic Conference, oh, which is the most of any conference. Uh, Thanks, they Michigan. Were Nathaniel Dell, Rasheed Rice, Keelan Stokes, and Isaiah Winstead. Interesting. I knew Rashi Rice. I was not. I don't think I was going to get any other ones, but that's yeah. No, I'm totally I, okay with that. That's 
I had figured Rice was up there with how SMU threw the ball around. But mm-hmm. the the other ones were definitely intriguing to see. And it it's really not surprising that they they led the way just because I mean historically speaking, you see so many of the offenses that are foot foot on the throttle full pedal and just go throwing the ball are from this conference. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. With you had to you had to know Tank Dell though, right? Yeah. I mean yeah I it it's not once he once he said it, I was like, yeah that makes sense, but I I wasn't I mean wasn't he like the leading receiver in the nation last year, Tank Dell? Still got it pulled up. Let me double check. I think so, but there may have been. I, I thought he was. He actually was in total yards at 1398. Yeah. He did have hella receptions, though. Yeah. <laughs> 109. Yeah, and that has to be close to the that top. That sounds like a Dana Holgerson offense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, no, I definitely think that. That makes sense. Again, it wasn't somebody I was going to get, but I'm okay with being wrong every once in a while, so that's that's all right. Um, let me get things pulled up here that I've goofed on a little bit today. <laughs> um, now let's just go ahead and get started into the news today. We're going to start with some breaking news out of the out of Boulder, Colorado. Basically, um, I'm not going to say Pac-12 or Big 12 because we. But we do know that Colorado had a meeting today, and they are having a meeting tomorrow. It is said to be 98% done. They are finally taking the step, assuming everything goes as planned tomorrow. Colorado will be back in the Big 12. Wow. Good. That's uh, all BJ I mean, has to say is wow. Yeah, I was It's, it's one of those. Shocked. I mean, it's one of those. First time we've that... had breaking news on one of these shows in months, and you're going to sit here and say, wow. Come on, Owen Wilson. <laughs> Give me something here. Wow. Well, I mean, I can wow. t- I can t- I can tell you the obvious that you know this is a move that has been years in the making because they arguably should have never left the Big Twelve for the Pac twelve. But that's I mean, personally, my opinion at least. Um, so I, I think that this is just something that we've we've seen the writing on the wall. We've been talking about this for months about how much longer they're going to drag this puppy out in terms of negotiating a new media rights deal and you know with USC UCLA already out the door and possibility of others like we mentioned Oregon Washington mm-hmm. basically being one foot in one foot out at this point you know each individual university has got to do what's best for themselves if they think that this is the best move for them in terms of surviving and moving on you know in, in the future of college football and that's what they're going to do and it sounds like yeah. they got tired of waiting around for, you know, a deal that is further out than, you know, the Dragons and Game of Thrones. I know I've already used that line at some point in this offseason, but it, it still makes the most of it. I just – I've been waiting for this news. I, you, you've been constantly hearing it. Colorado is going to make the move. Colorado is going to be the first. Colorado is going to be this. Colorado that. It's – finally just feels like it's that time and after you go months at a time and you keep turning around and saying 
yeah, here in, incoming new Pac-12 media deal, and then it doesn't happen. And then you then you're like, oh, it's going to be next month, and then it doesn't happen again. And then it continues this in this in this cycle where it just doesn't happen. It starts to kind of make you wonder what exactly is going to happen and if it's going to happen at all. And clearly, people are getting a little restless. People aren't really wanting it. But at the same time, Colorado is finding themselves in a spot where they are a hot commodity. They're taking advantage of their value now mm-hmm. with all the hype going into this season rather than waiting it out. And I think yeah. that the Big 12 is willing to take that chance with with Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, of course, there everything they've turned around and, and obviously we think he's going to be there for the foreseeable future. So it's not just a right now move, but Colorado was already there and left. And now I think they're coming back. Like you said, probably realizing the mistake a little bit, but also understanding that this is probably the best move for the future of the program. The same way they probably felt about it back in what was it? 2012 when they decided to leave. The, the uh, no, it was 2011. Was it 11? Yeah, they've yeah. been gone for over a decade, um, and then it was they left. Colorado, and Nebraska left in, in, after the 2010 season. That's right. That's and, right. Because Missouri and A and M was the next in 2012. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I'm yeah. also just curious to kind of see what's the next team to kind of step out because we've heard all about the four corner schools being pretty much ready to just pull out any second, and so. Now that one of them is finally taking that first step, I am 100% curious to see if it's Utah, if it's one of the Arizona schools. Or both. Is, yeah. Or both, yeah. Who that says the next the team next in, that second team that partners a Pac-12 school? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, have to be, but that's the obvious choice. Been, I don't know a, where else they would I go. mean, a lot of Utah, talk about Utah. That's what, I, that's what my mind is. I mean, heating up. This constant but, conversation about UConn yeah. and both basketball and football because they know they're not going to be the top football conference. And I think they're well aware of that at this point. So your marks even said, like, we're going to try to make ourselves the most, the, <laughs> I guess, the best eye candy you can find in terms of college basketball. You I mean, would I, fit the bill there. I'm just saying, I don't think that it's just going to be football. I, I yeah. But hey. I'm also not saying it's not going to be Utah. It's not going to be Arizona mm-hmm. State. I'm just saying, does it? Yeah, do no, we know I, for sure because nobody's talking about any of these others. It's it's obvious that there's a partner speaking, coming in. Yeah, and there's a second school coming in. I know. In terms Cam, of this. Yeah, I know. It's obvious there's a second school coming in, but who's it going to be? Yeah. And th- there hasn't been any talk or even really motion of of anybody other than UConn mm-hmm. just continuing to talk about their stuff coming together as well. I can't imagine the Pac-12 surviving. I feel like this is a nail in the coffin to them, though. I mean, you're down to nine teams. You're down to two teams that, like BJ said earlier, is kind of wanting to get out, essentially. And First chance who knows, the Big Ten gives them, they're gone. They're gone. I mean, and who knows where, where the Arizona schools heads are at? Who knows where Utah is going to be at when it's mm-hmm. all said and done? If the Big Ten or SEC goes to 18 teams – and they become that type of super conference that opens up so many opportunities to add in a third mm-hmm. or fourth super conference in the big 12. And that adds more opportunity for a PAC 12 school. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about the value in basketball, that's where I look to Arizona, you know, mm-hmm. and I know cam 
I'm wearing that logo that you hate so much. But listen, I didn't know Arizona had a lacrosse program. No, they don't. I know I, what that is. I know what that is. There's a lot of people that are not going to have any clue, but it's the two Tyler of us knows. have a lot of experience with that high school in different ways. So, yeah, yeah that's fine. Support um, your local high schools. Anyway, so yeah, I um, I definitely think that this is something. There, there's no skill in predicting what's going to happen as far as who's going to be the extra team that the Big Twelve picks. How long does that? Uh, Pac-12 situation play out for, if at all, post-Colorado. This is stuff we just cannot know right now. I'm just letting you and, guys know right now. If it's UConn, I'm, I'm playing it like I knew the whole time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if it's UConn, I'm playing like I knew from the minute I said it. Yeah, I oh, brother, That's Jack Mack will be so insufferable if that happens. <laughs> I also, know, but wait, we're not doing that. Freaking TikTok also, will be blown would up. This kind of accelerate the whole Oregon, Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. Well, I mean, I think it's it at some point will the the Big Ten is what's holding that back because the Big Ten's exactly. waiting on Notre Dame. They're waiting on a couple other things to fall in and figure out what everything else is going to do. I mean, I think the Big Ten, I'm sorry and to cut you off here, yeah. I think the Big Ten's just wanting to go to 16 first before making that jump to become the biggest conference in all of mm-hmm. sports. Or in all yeah. of college athletics. I mean, because if they add those two, and then they're already eyes on on Notre Dame because of the NBC stuff and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And and Petiti's been involved in some of that, if I'm not mistaken. So I just I feel like yes, sir. I feel like that's going to have to find something. And then who's the dancing partner with Notre Dame? Is it going to be somebody coming up from the ACC? Is it going to be? Yeah. Some somebody random out of the Big Twelve or something like that. Like you just don't know. You, you feel like I mean, it yeah, it could be another Pac twelve school. With you her. feel like it, it would have to be because of the Notre Dame. You know the the kind of you know I don't know what you call it, gentlemen's agreement that they've got with the ACC. Mm-hmm. They're not officially a conference member in football, but they've got you know all these games that they schedule like um, you know a third of their season, if not more, closer to half of their season last year, if I'm not mistaken, against ACC opponents, at least four or five, sometimes even six games a year that they're playing. So in order for them to be Big Ten member school, something would also necessarily, I would think, have to happen to the ACC in order for for that to to be the case. Uh, So that's, you know, I mean, we're not not necessarily trying to play. We're not trying to play dominoes and, and trying to collapse the entire foundation of college football as we know it. Uh, this is just the just practicalities like of we what we've got mm-hmm. going on. If we're going to see more movement, it's going to take some more earth-shattering kind of moves. And you know, as as much as we thought that the moves back in in the 2010s were, you know, uh, groundbreaking, huge for, really. yeah, groundbreaking for for the sport. No, this is this changing is, the landscape completely. Absolutely, and, yeah. The the 2020s will, in all, in my opinion, at least, go down as as the decade that fundamentally shifted the game forever. And, I don't and, know if we could ever to go push back. back to push back a little bit on, on what you're saying, BJ, if Notre Dame wanted to get out of that ACC contract, that's pocket change compared to the money that Notre Dame will be gaining in the Big Ten deal, or even in an SEC yeah. deal, if hypothetically the SEC, who definitely does not have interest, had interest. So, yeah. 
you're talking about a situation here, a hypothetical with Notre Dame buying out the ACC contract with that being complicated. Notre Dame's going to Notre Dame, and they're going to be stupid and refuse to join the conference until they're freaking barely they're, breathing, they're and then forced. they're going to get they're they're going to get on you know life support, and they're going to be brought back to life by some conference who's dumb enough to add them. I personally don't want the Big Ten to add them uh, because, of course. If they're going to be this stubborn for so long where everybody sees the direction, why reward them? Why? Mm-hmm. So, but if, if that happens, I'll be mad about it for like a, a, a couple of weeks and then football will start. And then we're going to see all these games that Notre Dame's going to play. And I'm going to watch them go four and eight and be happy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who, who, who doesn't want to see re- rivalries like – like uh, the megaphone and, and the Michigan Notre Dame game be played mm-hmm. every year though is the thing. Yeah. Like as much as as we've gotten some really good Clemson Notre Dame matchups over the past uh, almost decade now, I guess since mm-hmm. call, uh, since Clemson stepped up and, and became a player at the national level, they've had some really good matchups. But I mean, if you're wanting this would be truly, I think, a move back towards the the college football that all four of us grew up with and you know kind of before the the radical changes that we've seen in conference realignment to see Notre Dame playing these Big Ten schools even if they're non-conference games is like they were uh that's that's what we you know that's the rivalries that they built not the ones on the Atlantic coast I mean regionality's gone let's let's be real college football yeah, is I mean, no longer the same Re- regionality does not exist it's it's done as yeah. soon as West Virginia joined the Big 12, regionality went out the window. Yeah. And it has only kind of snowballed into what we're seeing now with L.A. schools in the Big 10. And we're going to be watching L.A. versus New Jersey um, every once in a while. Probably yeah. at least one of those yearly. Yeah. yeah. And that'll be fun. <laughs> no, it won't. I, 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 I this, you know, I, I, but I then again, want... it comes down to that point where, like, do we start seeing teams like – be released from their contract with the conference at some point. I mean, or it's either going to be that or you're going to add everybody until you monopolize the entirety of college football and then you divide back out the divisions much like we already saw with conferences to begin with. Yeah. Weird, weird situation. I don't it know. Is. But, hey. It is. Colorado's doing what's good for them, and I think this is probably the time to do it if you're Colorado. Right. Good for them. That's what this is really about right now. And um, I, I look forward to seeing the next domino fall because it's it's kind of like we, we've been playing puzzle. We, we've been doing a 500-piece puzzle for, what, 12 years now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not going to stop in this decade either. We're going to continue putting this thing together. And eventually it will come together and things will kind of stop. But you'll still be missing that one piece. But by the time you get that one piece, well, guess what? There's a whole new update to the puzzle, and you got to redo it. So yeah, it, it'll be what it is. So I don't, I don't want to get into a history lesson, but I think this is pretty interesting. We're talking about the death of, of regional regionality in, in college football. We are truly with what the Big Ten is going to be next year. We're truly seeing what the 1950s had imagined for the Airplane Conference. I don't know if, if y'all have done your you know history research on on the Airplane Conference. <laughs> the airplane conference is what it was called. It was, I don't think it, it, it didn't get enough. Look it up on that, your own time, yeah, man. but definitely something to, I mean, there's, there's a lot of fascinating, I think there's even a book about it. Um, and inform the people. What, what is the airplane conference? So the, the D- airplane, just general synopsis. And then we can be done. 
airplane conference was one that looked like it was going to be formed in the 1950s because there was more turmoil in the Pac-10 at that time or whatever. I think it was Pac-8 uh, in the 1950s. Um, that would have been PCC. That would have been PCC. So yeah. basically it was it was one of those that they were going to pair up with like Penn State and a few other schools that were you know, in the, the heartland of the country and the PCC and, and those other schools were going to merge and become the airplane conference or what it was known as because it was, you know, with the growth of airline and, and how it became so much easier to get across the country with the airline as opposed to, you know, having to take the train to get to, to a game like you had to back, you know, in the 30s and 40s and even before that. Um, that's why it was referred to as such. It never really took off, never got off the ground, but it's an interesting idea. And I think we're really very close to seeing it come to fruition now when next year's big 10. I actually had never heard of this. So yeah, do, do some research, it, but I think it's cool for I mean, other people like me. Hey, wait, real quick. Notre Dame was involved in that. Um, to a certain so extent, I think, funny. yeah. Yeah. I, I just right. looked it up because I was curious. PCC yeah. Service Academies and then Notre Dame, Pitt, Penn State, Syracuse, who were all independent at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It would have been crazy. like a Big East PCC combination almost. Hmm. Okay. Well, very fascinating. Even though Nerds. the East definitely didn't exist then, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and push forward here, and we'll go in between big stories. I, I, I think this is a, a good story, but I don't think it's a really huge one. And that's that Jim Leonard has found a new home, and that's in Champaign, Illinois. Um, like Brett Bielema, all roads lead to Champaign, Illinois, apparently, from Wisconsin <laughs> at, in some way, shape, or form. Some are direct flights. Some have a little bit of a pit stop in places, like Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um but yeah. here we are with Jim Leonard from Wisconsin to Illinois as a defensive analyst. And um, I'm actually, I, I like it. I think this is a good move. Uh, I mean, you stay, you stay in the big 10, you get to go play Wisconsin pretty consistently. I would assume for Illinois and it'll be fun. Well, here, here's what I take away from this when it comes to Jim Leonard being added a guy that is such a great football mind from an X's and O's standpoint because he's not the type of defensive coordinator that was just, hey, I'm going to – now, look, he's a former player. Of course he can do this, but I'm going to teach the skill, develop the skill, have a culture, kind of like a mini head coach for the defense. That's like what Jim Knowles at Ohio State does, for example. He is X's and O's, a very smart dude, and is going to add value that was lost when Ryan Walters left for Purdue. This is big time. I'm not sure how much time it will take for Jim Leonard. Keep in mind, defensive analyst is the title, so he's an off-the-field coach. But I'm not sure how long in the coaches' uh, meeting rooms on that, that defensive staff, how long it's going to take for him to really be able to gel there and how long it's going to take for his ideas to really impact the Illinois football program. It could take all season, but it could also be immediate. We just don't know. I would expect immediate. I think immediate Personally. too. Personally, you could but see it. Like I said, they I, have their values things. that they have. They're still based in Illinois in Brett Bielema's mm -hmm. system. Not all of that left with Ryan Walters because Ryan Walters wasn't running the entire defense there from the perspective of that was his identity. This isn't like a Kirby Smart or, well, mm -hmm. even Kirby Smart's 
a bad example, uh, a Jim Knowles type, right? It's not like mm-hmm. that. It's a lot more like what Michigan had when they went through Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter as far as uh, defensive staff goes. Yeah. But That's the thing example. about it, is, the thing about it is for, for, for Jim Leonard, I mean, he's reuniting with Brett. I mean, this is, this is a really good move to re- pair up those two back together and, and how mm-hmm. good those Wisconsin defenses were back uh, in the last decade when they were both, uh, you know, dominating in the big 10 West. And so I expect this to be a really solid move for the Illini. And I, and I don't know if you guys saw this, the apparently uh, Bielema signed a contract extension with the clause that he's not going to coach anywhere else in the big 10 West. And he said, why would I need to coach anywhere else in the big 10 West? He's happy there. Leonard is, is coming back. It's a, you know, they're reuniting the band essentially, and they're just doing it in Champaign as opposed to Madison. I think this is really a solid move for the Illini. And, you know, we talked about where their trajectory is. They, they've been, you know, right here and they, their trajectory is looking up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, take a quick shift from one gym to another Jim Harbaugh has been suspended for four games in 2023 <laughs> man what a wow. what a tough slate he's missing ECU well, Bowling Green UNLV wow. and Rutgers but Anyone. but Anyone. all for buying a uh-uh. uh, no, no 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 you're not gonna do that right now that's not what this is about because he didn't, because he, he lied. No, about he it. lied. I know what it was. He lied, and stupid. there was also more to it about texting during dead periods and stuff. But listen, you he's find not me the a coach only one that wasn't. What? That's you go what ahead I was and find me say. a coach. That's who where wasn't. I was. Get that off the screen, BJ. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I hated that he just showed a meme, but that's at least uh, relevant. It's a very relevant meme. It's it's yeah, Squidward. It's, it's very topical. Squid Squidward sleeping, giving recruits cash and hamburger bags. Squidward wide awake, giving recruits actual hamburgers. <laughs> I mean, funny. I look. I understand that they had to take some action because he was he was unwilling to just be like, like yeah, that's what I did. I went out and bought them, and, and I bought food. This is a huge slap on the wrist, though. They're not making him miss practice. There, he's going to be able yeah. to prepare mm-hmm. his team the week of games. Yeah. This is not usual when coaches get suspended. Usually when coaches get suspended, you know what it is? they are suspended and on It's the equivalent to time. a plea deal, not to make jokes <laughs> about really what's is. happening in real life. But I mean, no. This is really quite is. literally the equivalent to a plea deal. Like, hey, I mean, literally. What's he going to do, not take the plea deal? What came out said, Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA are working out are working out conditions exactly. of a four-game suspension. So, like, I, I get it. Man, I don't I mean, really yeah. think this is that big of a deal. That's why I'm making really so many isn't. jokes because it, it doesn't bother me. Like, no. I, look, and I'm a Michigan it, fan. When we when we come point. in on Saturdays, I I care about two teams on Saturdays while the games are happening, and they, those two teams are represented very well behind me between South Carolina and Michigan. Everybody else, you know, I'm watching because I love football, but I don't like. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not emotionally invested the same. Yeah. My my investment doesn't mm-hmm. change. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to talk about what I think is actually going to happen and what you're going to look at on the field and on the sidelines. People are talking about Sharon Moore. People are talking about Jesse Minter. Mm-hmm. Might I say it might be Mike Hart who takes Maybe. the field as the head coach in week one. 
probably won't be Sharon Moore because I'm hearing he might get suspended for a week too because well, he was texting as well. I heard that. I'm not sure. If and that's and if that's not. the case, then I would say maybe Mike Hart goes to OC and then <laughs> this is going to sound so dumb, but Jay Harbaugh might be the head coach and we, <laughs> with what? <laughs> I, I don't know how much of a meme it is. Like, I mean, in all honesty, this is this is a slap on the wrist, like like Colin said, and it really is. I mean, it, it really is a joke when you when you compare what this this is about. You know, it, it's foolish not to really think that this is going to do anything because it's not. I mean, there's no really, there's no logistical chance that Michigan was going to need Harbaugh for those game days anyway, as long as they don't, you know, stay out partying the night before and treating these opponents like they're Oh seven app state or something like that. Not trying to, you know, Oh my gosh. Not trying, not trying to trying to, you know, you know, rub you. Even a Buckeye fan is kind of like, that was a little bit. But I mean, you know, you get what I'm saying. He's on his high horse. He's been throwing cheap shots since January for crying out loud. In in all honesty, though, you know, you know, seven cheap shots. You know my point. You know my point is valid and logical, and I'm going to ignore whatever he just said. I'm sure I know what he said, actually. But you know what? You know what I'm saying is valid, even if I'm saying it in a way that might be abrasive. You know, as long as they don't, you know, f around and find out, for lack of better words, that there's no chance in in heck that they're going to lose any of those four games. I mean. You talked about the murderous row of, of opponents that they got to face, and and I think it was just last week y'all were talking I, I, when I was gone about the you know what could be how long this would take for them to get to a resolution with this case compared to how long it took with Tennessee, and it really is mind-bogglingly how fast this came about because hey, if, look, we, if they waited until next season, that text I, 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 no, hey, no, hold on, hold on. That had nothing to do with the NCAA. That was Jim Harbaugh, basically Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, basically saying, we want to get this out of the way. We want to be done with this. We don't want this lingering over the program. The longer we wait, the worse it's going to be. Not for just Jim Harbaugh, but it could potentially affect yeah. the school negatively. It could affect the football program negatively to the point where, let's say Jim Harbaugh, for whatever reason, is gone. And somebody else is going to be there. That's going to affect that other coach because they're going to slap some scholarship bans or something like that because of what a past administration did. And Tennessee is a prime example of that a past coach a a past staff entirely Mm -hmm. had been the reason why tennessee had stuff lingering despite the fact that they weren't there for the last two years yeah so that's the number one point number two tyler is exactly right this happens everywhere and the ncaa cracking down on michigan is the same reason why they cracked down on ohio state it's because you guys self-report things and Jim Harbaugh didn't necessarily, but your compliance staff, your athletic department does the same thing that Ohio State does, and that is they're going to rat themselves out. They snitch themselves out. It's just like if somebody robbed a bank and then he tapped an officer on the back, back of the shoulder just like, here's this bag of money. I, I'm your suspect. Take me away. That's what Michigan and Ohio State does. And the SEC's out down here in the wild, wild west with it all. Thank you. Thank you, Polar Knights. Thank you. This was, oh, it'll, man. It'll be making a comeback here soon. I was about to yeah. say, can't, like, I'm like yeah. the most baby faced of all of us, and it's not even so much like you just can't see it because it's it, like I'm blonde, dude. It is what yeah. it is. I can't really control the. You, you got to get it colored in or something, get the stencil, the, get it highlighted. 
It's okay. Ca- I gotta, Cam, I gotta Cam shave shaved later. more recently than than you have. Oh, though, very right? recently. Cam Cam yeah. grows facial hair fast. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. this yeah. isn't about facial hair. Thank you. This isn't a facial hair show. But back to back to that though. Like this was just simple, simply. One of those are just is is what it is. Like, how do you sit here and act like this is a huge deal when it's really not? I mean, I, that's no. that's the biggest thing for me. Is it, there's a reason I haven't said anything about it anywhere else? Because just like you're still getting all fall camp, you're still getting Monday to Friday. The only thing you're missing is a coach on the bus on Saturday. Yeah. What do you? Do they even do take take a bus from the but, facility, or is it close enough where they? Um, walk, right. I well, I mean, you know, um, I, I wouldn't know. know. I, yeah, I I've never don't, been there, so like, yeah. I but I get it. your point. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not literally speaking, yeah. but yeah. I, and you know, people are discussing games like I, I, I saw somebody like, man, watch out for Rutgers. Then shut the hell up, dude. <laughs> no. UNLV has a better shot of beating Michigan in those four games than Rutgers has. Yeah, you Sorry. know what's going to be interesting though is. Game day environment, game day intensity against Nebraska on the road that first game. If Nebraska is truly leveling up and living up to the potential that they have under Matt Rule with what they have brought in in the transfer portal, and Michigan is not like fully dialed in because it's like kind of strange. Like Jim had been here, but it, it's like his first game on the sideline. Does that change the dynamics at all? That would be interesting to me. I am certainly not picking the upset. Probably won't the week of, but Nebraska almost got Michigan, and that's in Nebraska, correct? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm right with that. Yeah, it's in Lincoln. It, it, it's that's a back-to-back five, road right trip after. with you guys. Have to go to Rutgers, or are they at home? No, no it's, it's back-to-back back with Nebraska trip, and right? Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That it's oh, the front end of, of the Minnesota. But I'm not. I, the thing is, like, I'm not. That's a tough back-to-back. So, and I'm I'm having a hard time. Like I really just do not see this team coming in. Like I really think there's kind of a hair on fire mentality after last season. A lot of guys returning. That this is a top five team in returning production. They were all there last year. The majority of these starters were there last year, aside from yeah. the ones that transferred. Were there and walked out and slept walked through that playoff game. I'm t- like I don't feel like there's going to be a minute of. Yeah, we we need to relax or, or or we can take it easy this week. I, I I'm telling you, I don't think that they win any of those four games by less than 21 points. And and I I think yes. they're gonna walk into Nebraska with Harbaugh back. I I I like Matt Rule. I think he did a really good job in the off season, and 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 in the portal specifically. It still took him, a but year I I, th- I think we're going to walk through those two road games. I think we're going to win them pretty ha- like I just Temple think there's going to be a hair on fire mentality, and Penn State's going to be the game that makes you wonder like what this team is. Truly well, it's, it's going to because it's going to be two very that. good national championship caliber teams in that game. And here's, it's on the road. Here, here's the bottom line: the suspension is not what could get Michigan in Michigan's way. Mm-hmm. What could get Mich- in Michigan's way? Gosh is the fact that their recruitment level has been good to great top end of the big 10, but it has not been elite. They have not brought in elite classes and they do not have necessarily elite blue chip talent. As they say in the recruiting Mm -hmm. world, are they able to overcome that with development and senior latent roster with experience? Or is that eventually going to catch up to them? Because if something catches up to them, it is that it's certainly not going to be falling asleep at the wheel. 
like they did last yeah. year. I would be yeah, surprised if they did, and I think you Michigan fans should be super critical of Harbaugh if that happens again. I, I don't understand how it could. I mean, we watched the Rutgers game, and we watched the first half compared to the second half. That was two different games. Yeah. And then it never looked that way again. I mean, even the Penn State game, like that was just a hard-fought game. Well, and then, and then, you were losing at halftime to us. Well, I know, but I'm just in, in order. Like the Penn State game was real close at half. Yeah, and then walk out in the second half and just completely. Just, just, I mean, they might not even walked out of the locker room. It, from State, Ru- from the Rutgers Ohio State game the- was similar. It was just it, it was all great adjustments, and then all of a sudden the TCU game comes around, and it was just like they thought they were locked to go play Georgia or Ohio State, whoever it w- would have been to win in the national championship game, and it wasn't the case because TCU was a much better team than what everybody put them yeah. out to be. Yeah, and and. Clearly, this that team drank the Kool Aid. They they were the better team, and they were just going to walk in there and not even have to try. Yeah. And then they'd be playing basically off of a bye week in the Natty, and that's not how that works ever. From, so from I expect hair on fire from week one, even going, if Harbaugh's not there. Going back from the Rutgers game until I think maybe the Illinois game, there was no you know question at, at any point once you got through the the first half, and and even if it was a close game that Michigan was going to come out and dominate that second half. And then even in the Illinois game, you know, that was the the game that Blake Corum got dinged up. And so, you know, it was a, a little bit of a slop fest. And that was, you know, in re- reality, that was the biggest reason why they, you know, were struggling is because they were worried about their teammate. You didn't really – you didn't see that the next week in the second half against Ohio State. Even though, Colin, like you said, they were losing at halftime. Yes, I remember as a neutral observer, you know, I it was – it felt like Ohio State had dominated the first half, but Michigan was right there in it. Like I think it was a three-point game where it was tied, if, if I'm not mistaken. I can't even remember. Yeah, but I do uh, remember this. It was kind of like a whole entire – what Michigan is doing now to succeed against Ohio State isn't sustainable. What they did in the second half was indeed sustainable. They had a long drive that gave them the lead for good at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, but it was a long drive. It was their only like long scoring drive. They, the one, I think 42 yard touchdown to Colson Loveland. It was a, a pretty long drive before that. And they had driven into Ohio state territory before that they kind of yeah. grinded it away. Plus they played great yeah. defense and shut yeah. down Ohio state in the second half In the first half, what they were doing was not sustainable. And that kind of goes back to the TCU game in which this is what happened against TCU it was so unsustainable and and not going to be conducive for success for Michigan to the point where they dug themselves in a big hole. And despite the fact that they completely outplayed TCU, TCU was able to have those non-sustainable big plays in the second half, Mm -hmm. but it was enough to get them over the top Mm -hmm. because of how Michigan just dug themselves down deep in that first half. Like Tyler has said, going back to when that game was played, you know, I mean, it's tough to win when you don't convert in the red zone. What was that twice? Uh, get any points, two goal two line times, positions. Yeah, After the also stupid fourth, ass Philly special goal, on yeah, the first the, possession, the, I knew something was going to be wrong. And it was just. Yeah, and then was, the, the, the picks, the two pick sixes, I mean, in a six point game. You, you can't make that many. Just, you can't make that many yeah. mistakes in a game like and, that. And then that's, expect that's to win. You, I yeah. mean, we could have slipped through that game, and I think we would have played Georgia closer. I don't know that we would. I, I think Georgia was just that. Oh, you would have played Georgia time. closer. <laughs> Nine <laughs> times out of ten, TCU plays Georgia closer. Let's yeah, I mean that's very on. true. At all. like everything yeah. went wrong for TCU. The yeah, moment was way was too big. Outlier. Yeah, a lot of people do not treat it as such, but it was an outlier. And I'm 
Yeah. So with all that being said, this is not that deep. This is very simple, very, very quickly solved. And I think we'll, uh, we'll turn around and see what happens after week four. I mean, we, we might come back with this after week four and have a different opinion, but I, I, doubt yeah. it. I think it'll be pretty, yeah. pretty much lockstep with where we are today. So we'll go ahead and do recruiting rundown and I'm going to go ahead and he doesn't know I'm doing this. So be prepared for a little bit of an awkward silence, but Colin, this is going to be your thing from now on recruiting. I'm going to let oh, you do okay. the rundown here. <laughs> here we go. I did not. Yeah. I did not know about this. Know. Well, Nothing too big happens since Sunday. We never mentioned this, but 2025 wide receiver, uh, he's probably going to end up being a five-star. Jamie French, he committed to Alabama. Noted Alabama fans are very excited. Also noted Alabama fans get excited, maybe in a creepy way, over recruits. Also noted Alabama fans totally do not know how to pronounce a name with two Fs at the front of it. (laughs) Isn't it Jamie French? I think it well, is. It is French, but it's got two yeah. Fs at the they front. Of it. Where have they said they think French? It's French, yeah. Yeah, French they don't realize the first the first F silent. <laughs> it's um, like Pfeiffer <laughs> almost. Yeah, Maybe the second F is silent. Either way, there's a silent <laughs> F there. Does it matter which F is silent? Man? That's it's the joke he was trying to make, dude. You just yeah. tried to rate on oh, his brain. Anyway, we've had uh, two blue chip uh, linebackers commit. Uh, Tylen Singleton, a kid from L.A., or LA, uh, Louisiana, LA is the abbreviation for that. He committed to LSU, no shock there, but the big commitment out of the linebacker room, and we didn't mention that, but that was before Sunday. Justin Williams, the number two linebacker, only behind Sammy Brown, number 16 overall player from Texas. He commits to Georgia, and I think this is very fascinating. Now, he's got some weight to put on, probably more of an outside guy, but Fran Brown, Glenn Schumann, they're killing it on the trail like they always do. And, of course, beating Oregon out for a kid in Texas and also Alabama, really snipping that out early, that was huge in getting Justin Williams here. So those are two big commitments. One that I didn't do a whole lot of research on that just came in was Auburn was able to get an athlete in Demarcus Riddick. He's a four-star kid, top 50 player, number three athlete in a in America. He's from Alabama, the state of Alabama, Clanton uh, County there. So overall, I, I'm not sure where he's going to play. I think he's more of a defensive player from what I've heard of him, but I haven't heard too much of him because what I've listened to, he, he's like a Southern recruited kid. It's Georgia, Alabama, Auburn. That's basically the top three here. So big commitment for Auburn right there. All right. Well, we thank you, and we look forward to that being your game from here on What's out. So, I'll prepare Colin, a lot the new host of the recruiting that. rundown. That was my fault. I but I, I wanted to do this. And I thought it'd be cool to do so. We're, no, it's all good. Perfect. Hey, I like it. The at um, a whim. Yeah. So, want to see how prepared you might have been, um, <laughs> uh, even though I know how you prepare. So, we we got the American Athletic Conference to talk about today. This is going to be a fun little deal. But before we do that. Got a couple ad reads, and I'm going to get them right this time. <laughs> um, so first off, SeatGeek. Listen, we've all been somewhere and realized, hey, there's a big event going on here. Well, perhaps maybe you want to go to said event. Well, go to SeatGeek, and if it's your first purchase, and what's the code, BJ? The Lowdown? Yes, The Lowdown. Yeah. Enter code The Lowdown, 
and you can get $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Now, you see, that's not our only ad we have here. We also have a Fanatics code. It's called Lowdown CFB. And I believe, I still can't remember exactly what that is, BJ. Could you remind the fans? So go to fanatics.com. There's a link in our description. It's, it's basically fanatics.com slash the lowdown in CAFB. And you'll be able to, through Fanatics, as long as they, they usually are, are really good about having sales all the time. In fact, I'm looking right now, Tyler, at Fanatics' front page. They don't have one at the moment, but if you're a Fanatics MVP, you can get exclusive weekly deals mm-hmm. that reward your fandom. I mean, you know, your training camp has has just started across the NFL. You're going to get some back-to-school merch, you know, for, for all your, your teams here, for the college football side of things at least. Um, you can even and, find your favorite jersey from your side of the Army-Navy rivalry. There you go. Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, plenty of things to find on Fanatics. Yeah. Always great yes. deals going on. And remember to use the link. There is no code. Use the link in our description <laughs> to be able to capitalize on the great offers over at Fanatics. And then, of course, we've got T Public. If you want any Lowdown CFB merch or Lowdown Network merch overall, click that link in our description. Um, you'll be able to find that. There's also a link tree that has all of this stuff below, or at least something like a link tree. I'm not sure if it's really link tree or not. Um, <laughs> but you'll see things like this wonderful. Uh, well, let me see if I can. There we go. This wonderful, the Lowdown sticker. So we have all kinds of stuff. Please check all those links out. And at some point, I will be much better at doing ad reads and be much less awkward. You can maybe pay for my lessons. We'll write you up a script or something, buddy. I'll That's find the, something. Yeah, that <laughs> we'll figure it out. That's brutal. There's three of those things. Um, why don't but we, yeah, you know, going forward, why don't we just tag team them? One, one, one. Uh, That's what yeah. Drew and I usually do with our... Well, With our show that we do Thursdays here on the Lowdown Network. We'll make we'll it look it. like Wednesday Night Raw out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, my goodness. So, anyways, that's what we've got going on. Those are the deals you can find. Check them out down below. So, with that said, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about the American Athletic Conference, shall we, before I embarrass any of us any further. Um, mm-hmm. And it begins... With, let's take a look at the brand new teams. Let's just start there because I, this is a conference that is inviting and in, introducing a lot of new teams. There are a lot of teams that left. And by a lot, I mean three. It was Cincinnati, Houston. Shameless plug. <laughs> we got Cincinnati, Houston, All right, get your popcorn and ready. UCF yep. who went to the Big 12. They're gone. No longer in the American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. Joining are the likes of UTSA, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, UAB and Rice. There's one more, right? Charlotte. There's six. Yeah, Charlotte. 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 Oh, why did I Charlotte. think Charlotte was already there? Because they're irrelevant. Just forget about them. Hey, <laughs> yo. Hey, don't, don't do my man Biff Pogi like that. Come on, bro. <laughs> did you see what Biff did earlier today? Or was Speaking that yesterday? of WWE, man. BJ Coming from in from the, the top, top ring. I saw oh. something about Charlotte. Colin, but I, I don't remember. Do you think it's the same thing that uh, is it the same thing that I'm thinking about the media days situation there? They asked him like two questions. Two questions. And then he responded with I wish I would have prepared this for Piff Pokey, but they were like, he was like, basically that's all you got for me? 
That's a, all right. We're about to surprise you guys this year. It's crazy. Yeah. I, um, I forget what he said. Man, they, I wish I had that clip ready. I was going to say there, there's definitely, um, definitely a difference between no preseason expectations and coming off a year of, you know, like overachieving everything, you know, the uh, big 12 media days were what last week, maybe two weeks mm-hmm. ago now. I can't remember. I think they were last week. And, you know, the difference in who was interviewing first-year head coach Sonny Dykes at Big 12 Media Days last year versus everybody wanting to talk to him after what they were <laughs> able to funny. accomplish last year. That, that definitely, you know, it, 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 it's definitely something that when you're, when you're a new school in the conference or when you're a new coach in the system and you're coming off of, of a down year, you're not really going to hand – you're not really going to be talked about. There's not going to be a whole lot of eyes on you. Uh, the, the focus from the media generally goes to the teams that are expected – to be at the top mm-hmm. of the conference for of for course not reasons. but i still like it it's like he's trying to so i don't want to gotta sell irrelevant. tickets They're man relevant because remember to me man you Heck gotta yeah. sell tickets because remember well hang on let me make sure i'm i'm getting that right before i i say something else is incorrect today um <laughs> they're hosting rice and remember the little thing i talked to you guys about november 18th they'll host rice which is jt daniels at quarterback and mm-hmm. I and if I go to that game, I will have seen JT Daniels play his freshman year and his senior year, At and it's not for schools. the same school. <laughs> How many years apart was that? 23, 20, 2018, and now. So wow. five I think years, you were man. just like uh, just you know, like four or five when you saw him for. The- he was just a baby. Yeah, he was yeah it was I mean, he he played his freshman year back in the BCS era. That's how long ago. Oh my gosh, he's not Sean Clifford. Okay, here's here's the quote. Here's the quote. He said, "That's it. Three questions. Maybe that's because you ranked us last. (laughs) That's all. That's all what you think of us." We got the message. Thanks. <laughs> I love that. I need yeah, yeah, if, if you have the clip, send, if, send me if a I, can find uh, I had awesome. it on TikTok. I should have right. sent oh, it to man. you guys. Yeah, should have. Anytime you see something that you want to include in, in, in here. I think I saw it this yeah, morning. It, it like woke me up because I was like half asleep scrolling through TikTok trying to get up for work. And then I saw that and I started laughing. And that woke me up. That's a good way to do it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so – I do want to say that the lowest recruiting class in the country resides in this conference, and it actually resides at Charlotte. So uh, at number 133. Now, I think Biff Bogey's yes. great, but um, I, I, I hopped on the Charlotte train last year and was run over got, by said train. You got train. derailed. It, oh, no, I got ran over. I got. I mean, you, this you was got- you got derailed. You were spilling chemicals all over the place. I mean, it was bad. Not. <laughs> Come on, man. I was... Sorry. Makes sense why you I'm on, I'm on one today. I, I was avoiding that one. Um, now because this is like the only time I want to get to talk about this. Uh, what did we think of the Army Navy game not being in Philly this year? I mean, it's it's it generally it's moves around, doesn't it? I was going to say it kind of. I've seen it in Lincoln Financial years, for so. quite a while. Uh, they but did, it's in Foxborough this year. They did in MetLife a couple years. Met, I think it was 2021. Yeah. They did it. I mean, so they've started doing that, but I always, I they, really they, only remember Philly for like the longest time. They, so they it, do a lot. They've done uh, yeah. MT, yeah. I think. Mm, yeah. They have been in Baltimore. Maybe they did a time or two. They did a. 2020 was a uh, was on the army campus. If I'm not mistaken, well, that's, that's different. different. Well, that's, I know that's different. That was entirely I'm different. Not saying it wasn't. I'm but just I'm I'm just trying to. Or illustrate. telling you, buddy. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I, I know it's been in Baltimore. They've done it in Philly, New York, and then this this is a different because it's in Foxborough. But I think yeah. you know they're wanting to kind of keep it in the Northeast but move it around. So and that's it's not fine. I have no issue. I just I really liked it in Philly. I mean, I know that's kind of a rundown. Never mind. So, yeah, and I get why uh, you would say that. It was in uh, East Rutherford in 2021, but mm -hmm. outside of that, that plus the, the COVID the year, they had four years in Philly from 17 to last year. Mm -hmm. uh, they have not been in Foxborough, I don't believe. No, this will be the first time. Been a very be long time. time. When was the last okay. time in Baltimore, though? I feel like that's been pretty recent. Was that? 20... Uh, that was the last time. Let me look here. Was that 2016? 2016? Okay. Yeah. 2016. And that was that was when uh, Army snapped the the winning streak in Navy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. Yeah, correct. It was. They've been in Baltimore multiple times, and they had also mm -hmm. played a game in Annapolis uh, recently. Yeah. That wasn't. COVID. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but, I think that year they had like just a con contractual issue that like it didn't work yeah. out. Yeah. Um, Maybe so they had to do on a campus. I mean, I don't know. That was forever ago. That was 2011. And so. I think the big reason they do rotate it, I don't think they're like intentionally rotating it, but they, again, they play this game in NFL stadiums and a lot of times they mm -hmm. have to kind of work it around to, yes, to not hit the home games. They can't really contend yeah, with that in, in december yeah. so for Philly a one-off game usually the location though mm -hmm. I, yes. looking at once yeah. to see the, the historical matchups well and the, the eagles usually put it like the eagles usually make sure they get that game that weekend as a road mm -hmm. game or a bye week so that they don't have to do yeah mm -hmm. that so because yeah, uh, if, if you're if you're looking at it like the texas ou where dallas is the midway point between norman and austin Philadelphia, give or take, is roughly about midway between Annapolis and West Point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it makes really sense. Is. I don't think it even matters as far as where they would play, though. Oh, they fill any stadium. That's travel. Yeah. They're going to fill it up. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's going to be a very 50-50 crowd, even if it's not sliced down the middle like Texas OU yeah. or it uh, Georgia, Florida. Even if they, they played it in, in Buffalo or if they played it in Detroit or, or one of these other... They would know, never do that. In I know they wouldn't, but that, I'm just saying if they were to or you know, move it around <laughs> a little bit uh, you know, from for different NFL stadiums for whatever reason. So, so the next game that's scheduled in Philadelphia though is in until 2027. This Ew, year's right. Gillette. Oh. Next year's FedEx. Okay. Ew. I don't know why wow. you choose FedEx Field. But Apparently, DC they I like being was... crapped on. <laughs> so, well, maybe uh, now that Dan Snyder doesn't own the team, maybe it'll be better. They might get some much needed renovations yeah. done over yeah, there. In twenty five, Johnson's they'll... gonna fix the sewers. He can't. Yeah. Never mind. I can't. <laughs> in twenty five, yeah, they'll got... be in M and T Bank, and then. 26 they'll be in MetLife again. So. Yeah, for, for returning in, back in, to Philly. Isn't Met yeah. in MetLife uh for the 250th uh anniversary of the Declaration of Independence that they're doing in New York? I I could yeah, be wrong, but I mean, yeah, you'd think they would do it in one well MetLife MetLife's could, in 2025, right? Yeah. Or or was it in the team? It's fine. Oh, we don't need to waste it's, time. It, 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 I, I think <laughs> that they'd like to do that in Philly, though, since that's where the declaration American uh, Athletic Conference, guys. Yeah, well, I, I brought up a question that probably didn't need to be brought up. This is like, a little bit after long. the show discussion. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I thought it would have been good. I didn't think you guys would we'd be doing this for five. 
10 minutes. Anybody else see a log jam potentially forming at the top of the conference? Of this conference? We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Let Tyler direct it. Oh, I, I'm not we'll see. trying to take I over. I'm, I'm just – All right. I'm messing with you, BJ. Worst team in the conference in 2023 will be USF. Yep. USF. I don't see I how actually – I actually lean more towards Charlotte. Sorry, um, Biff. I've got them um, right neck and neck but, between but the yeah, two. But yeah, like my runner-up was in fact USF. So no, mine was UAB. Sorry, Trendover. It's going to be that bad, man. Oh, I don't got, really like Trendover. My runner-up was I've ECU. U- I've got UAB third to last. I don't think ECU is going to be all that good this year. I've got uh, I got USF too, as not the worst. Not too far. Not too far. UAB's. Uh, I need to see it before I. Yeah. Really, they still yeah. have talent, though. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's my favorite. Because <laughs> I know that everybody's going to be just loving what I have to say about this one. Player of the year. <laughs> Let's see who you got for player of the year, BJ. I'm going to go with a quarterback that has won the award in a different conference. Sign me up all aboard the Frank train. Frank Harris is going to be your player of the year in the American Athletic Conference because UTSA is going to be at the around the top of the conference this year. Thought about him. Okay. Frank Harris. Okay, so mine, I actually have a different quarterback. I have Michael Pratt from Tulane. Um, I think that Tulane's going to carry over a little bit of momentum from last year, and I think that they're going to be good once again, and I think that they um, are going to rely on Michael Pratt and his seniority and knowledge of the offense that he has to continue the success. Hmm. How about this one here? You guys are not ready for this one. He is reunited with his former coach from a different state, a southern state to a southeastern state. We have Casey Thompson at Florida Atlantic, a roster that was not too bad with Hom Terman himself. Hom the Terman. Hom the Terman coming in. And look, the dude can coach. Like, I don't really like the dude. I think he's kind of like, I, I know some stuff about him personally based on my connections with Ohio State. He's not necessarily the greatest dude to me. Um, don't want to get into no. those stories. Those stories are for Discord <laughs> some other time. I am not going to publicize those. Some other people do. But Mr. Tom Herman knows football and specifically offensive football. And I think that this Florida Atlantic team, especially with him and the transfers that they have, they have a lot of talent. They're a dark horse. Nobody's talking about them. Watch out for Casey Thompson in this uh, Florida Atlantic team. I love that smirk. Do I, even, do I even need to go here? I know do I need where to take, you're going. Do I need to take here off my in Dallas, Texas, and his name is Preston Stone. He will be the player of the year in the American Athletic Conference of 2023. Man. Do I need to say more? No, because if you've this listened to any more than one episode, hey, hey, if you've listened to any more hey, than one DJ, episode in this... How do you episode, describe his relationship? Are you interrupting him, guys? Have the, can I just say what I gotta say? You know what? If you've listened to any more than one episode, you already know. Preston Stone, player of the year in the American Athletic Conference. I'm just gonna stick to it. I'm, I'm riding... 
Well, no, I'm not gonna say that. I'm just <laughs> yeah, we're, you are. We're, 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 we're sticking to the shtick if we went if we can. If I, if I said riding the shtick. I don't think that'll work very well. No, so that's uh, <laughs> you're definitely doing something like that, though. <laughs> nah, nah, come on, man. Oh me. no, I, um, I like I like all of our picks, honestly. I like mine more. So, anyways, oh, yeah, we got sure yeah. <laughs> yeah, slightly sure. biased opinion. <laughs> You'll notice I didn't put him on the thumbnail <laughs> because That's I true. figured I talked enough about him. I put <laughs> put Michael Pratt on the thumbnail today. So, yeah, I mean, I figured you know we got a guy that uh, video earlier this week had him on the thumbnail. So you're already good for the weekly quota. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe we are. All right, we talk about teams with the best chance at the New Year's Six. Mm. I've, I've said it five times. I'll just go ahead and put say it again. Uh, SMU. It's Tulane. It it's can't Tulane. be anybody else but Tulane. I, I go. They play Tulane. a home game yeah. against Ole Miss. They're going to be preseason ranked in the top twenty-five. If they beat Ole Miss, they're going to be favored to win every other game. Now South mm-hmm. Alabama is going to be a tough opener. Right before Ole Miss, you cannot sleep even if it's at home. You lost to Southern Miss last year, and it's right after Ole Miss. You got to play them on the road this time in Hattiesburg. And you also play at Florida Atlantic, that team I just talked about, whose offense is probably going to be clicking in late November. You have to play UTSA at the end of the year to Mm -hmm. close out the year. This is not an easy schedule, but that's partly what makes it is they not only have the best ability in this entire conference, they are also the most likely to do it based on where they are preseason ranked and how difficult their schedule is. And the chances of winning all their games, BJ. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think it's Tulane, though. I've got you know I've got definitely you know an eye on SMU because of their non-conference schedule. If they can you know pull off an upset or even you know two upsets. If they go eleven and one and just lose a, a decently competitive game against Oklahoma, I mean they're they're in that conversation. Why couldn't I, it be a decently cut? Fought it depends game on how good TCU. OU is. It could be TCU. I mean, yeah. it could be either depends one. On how good TCU is, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you look at the schedule for everyone else, and I mean, outside of Tulane, I, I really don't feel like there's a team that has a better chance besides maybe SMU. But I don't know if, if they're going hmm. to be able to make it. Uh, this is UTSA. For, yeah, I, I just I don't think their strength of schedule is up there. Uh, enough. Okay, if they go on the road and beat Tennessee, you're telling me that okay. they can. I forgot about the Tennessee game. That's my bad. I, I don't think they will. I don't think but, so either. Especially because they're playing Army the week before, which yeah, is going to be interesting. But it doesn't matter. It's still Army, and that's triple option having to prepare. But it's yeah. less of a triple option than it used to be. And it's an mm-hmm. extra day to rest for UTSA Do because we, that's on a Friday night. They yeah. play Tennessee on a Saturday, and they get a bye after. Do we yeah. consider – I mean, I guess it is still triple option, but you, like they're completely like trying to abandon – Pretty much what they did they're last year in the Navy Coastal game, like they're full on abandoning the the yeah. under center look. I mean, they're yeah, they're yeah. going Coastal. shotgun pistol. Spread, spread the spread, the spread triple spread option, option. Yeah. yeah, yeah, coastal route for sure. Yeah, Damn. I'm not not discounting that UTSA couldn't do it. I just think Tulane's probably I got the best chance. Lock and step with Colin and BJ. I lean more towards TCU. SMU is it definitely within that chat as well. Um, but I I lean more towards Tulane. 
I hear a TCU in there. I'm sorry. I I'm just making might sure. okay. have. I don't know. Okay. That's fine. He's I was sleep deprived. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I saw the TCU behind Colin, and I don't know why I said that. But, what about the Phoebe? Yeah, yeah they saw the Phoebe, too. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Hey, hold on. Let me set the stage here. Tulane, Tulane, Tulane. Tyler, what do you have for us? I already said SMU. I, I said it from the very beginning. I, I, I let off. I was mm-hmm. like, I, you guys already know I'm saying SMU. So I thought you I, were going to be more excited. No, because I've said it multiple times at this point. Like, I, like I've kind of, I've kind of ruined it for myself. But you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> he's like, I've been hyping them up so much. Dude, he's, been, he's, he's got, he's got a month really to regain the, the hype so before the season starts. At least my so. knees hurt, man. <laughs> You know, they've got uh, knee pads for a reason, Tyler. Nah. Yeah, well, <clears throat> oh, they have double up. Uh, Dark Horse What's Conference not? Championship teams. Dark Horse Conference Championship teams. I'm going to say that Who twice so I can look. Uh, so I think we would eliminate probably Tulane. Tulane, UTSA, um, SMU for sure. Is there anybody else? Yeah. I don't think anybody else can be eliminated. I, I don't really – I haven't heard there anybody else in that conversation, yeah. so I kind of can – I, I can leave it with those three. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I have mine already locked mine. and loaded, yeah. but I've made mine very obvious. So I should probably go first because yeah, of that. FAU. Yeah. FAU 100% is the dark mm-hmm. horse in this conference. And I, I was going to wonder if you guys are going to take them off. Look, they bring back Lejante Wester who's a really good wide receiver for Casey Thompson to have had 62 receptions last year. Very good possession player. Um, and then they had their maybe a little bit bigger playmaker guy, averaged six, almost 16 yards per reception. And Jaquan Burton, he's going to be really, really good as well for this team. I really like what they have. Tony Johnson's back. He put up some production last year. And they have B.J. Alexander in there. Watch out for him. He's a good player. And then, of course, uh, Carter Boatwright, Larry McCammon is that back in the backfield as well. He was a 1,000-yard rusher. I mean, what can I say? With Tom Herman, this offense is going to be dynamic. I know this defense might be a concern. But with Tom Herman there, with Casey Thompson coming in, and the potential – I mean, I've seen it from Casey Thompson. BJ, you have too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That first half against Oklahoma in 2021, team. man, I mean, that was that – Oh, was, yeah. That, that was, was awesome. really good. Yeah. I mean, that when they were clicking on all cylinders, you know, everybody in the Texas camp at least was was sitting real pretty. And then they don't talk about the second half. They like to refer back to the 49 nothing that happened last year. But, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that they could absolutely be dark horse. And you talked about if, if you know, if their defense takes the next step up, they're returning almost everybody from that defense. Yeah, they're number one defense. in the country in terms of returning production defensively. They're top three in the country on both sides of the football. And they were 83%. very average. They were very mm-hmm. average in America as far as defensive statistics yeah. go. So, so if they take the next step up. Maybe like top 40 and they are a better defense. This might be the team to beat. And I know that sounds crazy. This might be the team to beat in the conference if they put these pieces together. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right and, there. And I will in. say I am slightly less concerned with their defense than Colin just because they returned like 90 some odd percent. 99. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was just like, wait, what? Now, I I'll only go- say I'm concerned about it because they were very they had moments where they struggled last year. Oh, yeah, but- no. 
who would want to play for Willie Taggart? I mean, let's be honest. That might be why. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) I'm going to go a different route though. I mean, I I'm fully in agreement that they could absolutely be a dark horse, but I don't think a lot of people are talking about a really good quarterback in this conference that could really take that next step and bring this team up and be a, a fringe contender for 10, maybe 11 wins potentially on the season if they can get through conference play undefeated and and survive a pretty tough test in the non-conference at home. The Memphis Tigers and Seth Hennigan, I really like their chances of being a dark horse contender in this American conference. You scared me. You know who I'm going to go with? This is going to feel weird because I really don't know how I do this with a coach that I really don't know a lot about. I've seen one year (laughs) of him. Mm -hmm. I'm taking Temple. They bring back a lot of production from last mm-hmm. year. They return a lot. I really like EJ Warner. I thought he was phenomenal last year when he finally got his kind of feet under him in, in college football. They have a they have a lot of talent returning defensively. They they return a good amount offensively. The things that they're missing are um, receivers, but the receivers have been around for a while. A lot of them are seniors. I, I like the experience with this Temple team, and for the sake of kind of going a different direction, I, I could see a world where Temple sits at eight wins to end the season and an eight win season with maybe a six and two conference record could be enough to put you in the conversation. And I, I, I could see it. I, I'm not saying like I'm buying it, but, I, they, I do like it. I I, th- I like Temple. I think they're they're, they're a top ten team in terms of returning production mm-hmm. from last year. So I fully can understand the argument. And there. I, I mean, if you look at their schedule, they get some of their toughest games at home. I mean, when you talk about mm-hmm. uh, in conference more specifically, they play UTSA home, SMU mm-hmm. home, Memphis home, and then they get on the road Tulsa, North Texas, USF, and UAB. I don't know that any of them are extremely. Well, scary to me. I mean, I, I don't know. I like their schedule. I think that does open up for, you know, I think they can get an upset win at home and be right in the conversation. Well, something I do want to talk about that concerns me about Temple. This was a 3-9 and team last year, and they're breaking in a first-year coach in Stan Drayton. And Stan Drayton has never even been a coordinator in his career. This is the second year. This is his first. Yeah. Second. He was three and nine last year. year he was their coach Dan last year. Dan Drayton was not their coach last year, was he? Yes, he yes, was. He yes, was. he was. Oh, okay. Well, I must have missed that memo. That's right, because, yeah. Mm-hmm. We literally he, he had was... this conversation last year, I think, at one point when we were talking about worst teams. Yeah, well, that was yeah. last year. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's right, because, of course, he was one of the only coaches that actually carried over from uh, Herman to Sark. At Texas, I do remember that now. He was a former running back coach at Ohio State, so I'm very familiar with him. He was also a running back coach for the Bears. Really familiar with him. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) But I did not realize, for some reason, I thought he just got hired. Um, Then that makes me a little bit more confident in your pick. Uh, Me being wrong makes me more confident in you. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I like it. I mean, it's just – it's one of those things where you look at it and you see names that you don't really know much about especially in the positions they're in. I don't I don't know a lot about these guys, but what I do know is that they played extremely well at times last year. Like I look at the um 
Houston game and the ECU games, for example. And Temple was really good, and EJ Warner specifically was really good in those two games. They played extremely well with some of the better teams in the conference last year. I, I don't know. I, I like it. I really do. I think they could have a, a hell of a year if things go their way. And, uh, I mean, I, I think eight wins is probably max, probably tops for them because they have a tougher out-of-conference um, with a road game against Rutgers and a home game against Miami, Florida. I, I think they're both games that they probably lose. I don't think they're quite there, but – it's a good schedule and it's very favorable in terms of like when you talk about a note a non division schedule, what they yeah. drew was it could have been worse. A cakewalk for for some. I mean, yeah. Like I said, they could probably struggle a little, but that's okay. So with that said, we'll go ahead and do. Hold on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah I'm sorry. That's all good. That's all good. I guess I'm gonna pull up anyway. So please go. Uh, I have, I have the correct bird as well. Um, but a different team. I got the Rice Owls. Mm, of course you do. Cam, Tyler's on his knees for SMU. You don't need to be on your knees for Tyler. I'm not. I Come on, man. Yeah, you really Anyways. need to stop thanks. with that. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, though. Like, I appreciate Rice yeah. getting a little bit of love yeah, here. No. Like, I mean, they I weren't a what? bad team last year. You know what, Cam? You are in this spot. Solid. Okay. <laughs> no, just, okay they, they were a but, very solid team last year. I, I yeah. agree with Colin, and they return a good, um, solid amount of if, production. They they have a very senior staff. If Brad Rosner didn't leave yeah. just a couple weeks ago, I, that was my pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If, Ro- if Rosner doesn't leave, like I'm not even talking like out of like a fandom side of things because I do like Rice. They're one of my favorite mm-hmm. G five teams. But from a pure team standpoint, I really like them. I still do like them. I think they're probably a bowl eligible team at, at, at worst and like yeah. legitimate bowl eligible and not mm-hmm. just five and seven and getting lucky to go play at uh, Southern Miss this year. <laughs> I, I see where I, you're I, coming I, from. I just, yeah. I think that Brad Rosner, like that loses a lot. Yeah. Luke I, McCaffrey's I still good. That they he, he's, he's very Rosner, good. But mm-hmm. yeah, Luke but is very I, good. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think JT Daniels finally has a solid. Look, I said it last year. I don't think JT him. Daniels yeah. was the issue. I think he left yeah. because the receivers couldn't catch the ball. I plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. And, and when Neil Brown didn't get fired, coach. and when Neil Brown didn't get fired, I think that was his cue to, you know what? I'm done. I don't really care mm. that Graham Harrell's here. I think that's the whole reason he went to West Virginia was Graham mm. Harrell to begin with. Yeah. And when it wasn't working and when he realized that Neil Brown was – Well, when he realized that Neil Brown was the one still calling plays and it wasn't going to be Graham Harrell, probably the way that things may have been told to him, I I could see why he decided to leave. And when he decides to go to to Rice, he's playing in a decent enough conference. If they have success, it's likely going to be a duo of him and and Luke McCaffrey. So I I could see a very Mm -hmm. successful year for Rice in Mm -hmm. terms of the standard. But that's that's as far as it's gonna get, and I hope that uh, yeah. JT enjoys his uh, <laughs> nuclear science degree or whatever he gets over there. I don't know what they do. Um, you know, this is a player that's completely different. He did not play; he's been injury ridden his entire career. But he had a pretty good season at New Mexico a couple of years ago. Cedric Patterson is a player that he's mm-hmm. a lot different than Brad Rosner uh, because 
Rosner, of course, he, he's a big guy. He was a down-the-field threat as well. I mean, a, yeah. a, a big guy that could run, a 6'5 player that could run. He is like what a lot of people think Johnny Wilson is going to be this upcoming year. That's what Brad Rosner was to the G5 last year. Cedric Patterson, though, a little bit smaller, maybe would be the slot guy if Luke McCaffrey wasn't still there, in which, hey, that's a great security blanket to have. If he develops into a good Z wide receiver as that partner on one side in 11 personnel to a Luke McCaffrey in the slot, that's a pretty good you know, couple of receivers that JT Daniels has to throw to on top of Jack Bradley, who's going to be back there at tight end, who flashed a little bit last year. He wasn't anything special, but they didn't have a tight end like that last year. Yeah, I know. And Rice is going to be solid either way. So, yeah, I I, I really think they're going to have a good year. This is going to be kind of one of those that it's going to put them in a weird spot. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. I'll say, yeah. (laughs) I'll save that for another time. Anyways, we'll go ahead and do win totals real quick. Starting with Charlotte, they're sitting at three and a half. I think they're going to go over, not by much. I'm giving them four or five. Uh, I can't remember exactly what my number is, but I think four or five. Under. Under. Over. Good split. I'm, yeah, I might be one of the first <laughs> ones like it that. might be, bet. yeah. Yeah, um, I think probably. Now I'm trying to pull bring something. All right, so... East Carolina gets six and a half. Oh, God. Man. Oh, under. That's a lock to me. They are under. not making a bowl game. I don't think they're I'm going either. under. They lost, I they like Scotty. They lost a ton. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going under as well. They, they just, it was too much. I think they lost too much. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say uh, <clears throat> Scotty. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Mike Houston. I like Mike Houston. Mike Houston. Yeah. I was thinking of Scotty Montgomery. He was not good. <laughs> I thought you were thinking of Scotty Scheffler or something for a second. <laughs> no. uh, I like Mike Houston, though. He's done a good job. FAU sits at seven and a half, and I'm going to – I mean, I'll, I'll take a chance on the over. I mean – Yeah, I'll nibble on the over as well. I won't bet it, but I'm – Gonna nibble. Um, here's what I can tell you about them. I thought you were gonna go, Cam, but uh, here's what I'll tell you about them. They have pretty much one guaranteed loss with Clemson, a probable loss with Illinois, and you you said uh, eight and a half, seven and a half, seven and a half. Okay, so that gives them margin in conference play to drop two games. I would say because mm-hmm. they're gonna beat yeah. Ohio, in my opinion. So that's not going to be easy. Ohio has to travel to them, and they're certainly going to beat Monmouth. Mm. They play UTSA and Tulane both at home, and they do not play SMU. And to me, those are the best three other teams in this conference. If you want to add in a fourth, they don't play Memphis either. Mm-hmm. Their road games in conference are USF, Charlotte, UAB, and Rice. Rice probably the toughest one, and that's at the end of the year. Yeah, Over is, is a pretty safe play. Yeah. Yeah, over is the very safe play. Now, let me tell you guys who their offensive coordinator is, just because I just saw it, and I think this is pretty cool, because he was a guy I used in Madden a lot. Charlie Fry. Ooh. Wow. I did not know that. Interesting. That's a blast from the past. Yes, it is. Anyways, I'll move on now. Wait. Memphis. Oh Yeah, go ahead. Memphis gets eight and a half, and I'm taking the under. 
I'm going to say over. Can I, I bet it, lean I'll... more towards the over? Yeah. I, oh gosh, I'm going to say gonna, over, but. It's going to come down to that Boise game, I feel like. If they yeah. win that. I oh, think they're losing that. They might. They got it at home at least, but. Did you say did. six yeah. and a half? I don't know why no, I can't like, keep this. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Oh, no, under. Oh, under. Never yeah, mind. <laughs> under. Never mind. Yeah, I'm, under I'm like, I'm, sure. a, I'm, at, I'm at eight max, and I think they are more likely to seven and five. Yeah. So, yeah. Under, yeah. That's where I am. Man, you had over, and then you changed it to under, Cam? Did you miss here? Yeah, I misheard. I misheard too. I thought I heard six and a half. Navy, five and a half. Um, can I opt out? On, <laughs> what do you think I want to do, bro? Come on. I got. I gotta say, over under. twelve and <laughs> What'd you say, Tyler? Under. I, I. I don't know that they get to five. I think they get to five at most, but yeah, it, it's, it's really the problem is it's five and a half. To five and a half. The the biggest problem is they have Notre Dame, Air Force, and Army. Obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really tough. That that's yeah. that's if, if very they go, hard to say they get go and win two of those. I don't um, think they need to. I think if they can go one and two, I think they can get to a bowl game. I, I nibble on the over. I've got them at six and six. Under. I don't see it, but I'm not trashing Navy. This is the closest I will yeah. get to. Go Army beat Navy. That's the closest I'll get to trash and Navy. I still yeah. like Navy. Yeah, I think, no, I, think I think they can go 500 in conference if they can go one and two because they've got another non-conference gimme. I don't remember why. I hope I right. hope Xavier R lines the quarterback. I think that's the best shot, but I don't know, man. I, I just there, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, I it, it's I, I I like. It's um, the under. Did you forget that they fired Ken Niamatolo? Yeah, Brian Newberry. I mean, no, I I, I, I love I Brian Newberry though. I actually think that there's not going to be too much, but uh, well, we'll see. I don't I, think it's going to be too different, least. anyways. I think they're going to be the same team. Pretty yeah. much. I don't know much about them, if I'm being honest. Yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of questions. I think they've North, got the talent; they could be a bowl eligible team. North Texas gets six and a half, and this schedule is giving me under vibes all day. They play Cal at home, albeit mm-hmm. but they play Cal week one. They go, they get Temple. Tulane, Memphis, UTSA, and SMU all in a row. And then they also got a road game at Tulsa to follow all that up. I'm going under on six and a half with North Texas. Oh, this is they I've got them right at six, seven wins right there. And if you got a quarterback named Stone Earl, I'm definitely giving you an under at 0 and 12. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. I'll I'll say under. Out. I think they're I think they can get to seven, but that's about the highest I think they could get to. Cam, I, I have under. the under. Eric Morris coming in. I think it's going to get some take some time. I don't really think they have the weapons outside. I, I'm pretty safe with the under. I don't think they make a bowl game. You know, it's funny. Like I really do like their offense, though. Like they have a lot of returning players. It's mm-hmm. just quarterback. I don't know what their quarterback situation is. Yeah. If it's better than Austin Ani, they may be better. But if it's worse, then <laughs> sorry, their defense like, you're struggled not... a lot too last yeah. year. Though they struggled, but they were young. Like they're they're bringing back eight of eleven. I I, I they, guess, but that's not always but, a good I, thing when I, you're one I agree. of the worst defenses. Yeah. In I agree. I'm just saying. I don't know. I, I'm I'm going the, under just because I think it's safe. <clears throat> the schedule opens up potentially for a five and one start, but after that, you really gotta look to see if you can find. 
that sixth win. They also just right at the end of the season, maybe. Outside of Roderick Burns, do they really have production coming back? Uh, Jair Shorter was pretty good last year for them. Yeah. If he's I'm not gone. mistaken. He's gone. Oh, did he leave? Okay, so he's yeah, on. He he's on this Auburn, roster here. I'm pretty that's sure. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah never he went mind. To I forgot about that. Yeah. Ham, yep. Shane, Hooks are both off to Auburn. Yeah. It's pretty big. Jair Shorter is a great player. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was. I think it's just because looking. of the the coaching turmoil with. And like Marquis uh, Gums is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, they have. Uh, uh, Ikai. Uh, it's like Ikaika. Ikaika Ragsdale. Yeah. Uh, yeah he, I mean, he the only reason I know how to say that year. name is because Hawaii had a quarterback named Ikaika Woolsey when uh, oh. Ohio State played them, if you remember that. I yeah. do remember that. Ayo yeah, uh, is back, though. That that was yeah. their starter last year, or at least their lead rusher. So we're good. They're <laughs> all right. Yeah, back. I think they'll be okay. It, weird team this year. Uh, Rice, four and a half. Uh, let me just tell you. Uh, yeah, bull eligible. Over. We'll get to them in just a second. Over for yeah. Rice. Rice. Yeah. I, I, I go over. I like the over, too. I think they find a way to get to a bowl game. This even, is a good team, it, man. Even if they're just 5-7, that's still over 4 and a half. That's Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say, I don't think they're going to 5-7 and seven their way to a bowl game. I think they're <laughs> going to be actually bowl eligible. Yeah. Well, weirder things have happened. Like last year, they somehow did it. Um, yeah. and it's that, that, it's that APR better. score, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having a good APR score. I found time. my sprinkle on a bet. Uh, SMU eight and a half over. <laughs> BJ, over. Oh man, to the I, moon, baby. I'm on the under. I, the I, I think they win eight games max. <laughs> I'm not a buyer in Rent Lash. Uh, it's all good. I'm I'm Doge coining the shit out of this. <laughs> <laughs> moon, baby. Hey, hey, lock battle right here. Lock battle. If you guys know the Cover Three podcast, this is exactly what's going to go on. If I bet ten dollars, just just ten, we don't advocate for heavy betting here, just for funsies. Yeah. If I bet ten dollars on the SMU under, bet and Tyler bets over with ten dollars, that would be a lot of fun to just battle it out all year, especially if they're right. close to that mark. <laughs> yeah. I know that's going to be a clip sometime. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the short that just says he's doing <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What does Dogecoin have to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh okay. I I nibble the over, man. I, I nibble you know, the over. I nibble I because eight, eight, and eight, eight, eight and a half is eight and a half. I mean, that's I've do got you, them eight nine. Okay, I, I think is, is about their. Do where you think is. that they are able to go seven and one in conference? I yes. think it's a very real possibility that they I think could. they could go eight and zero in conference. Their, their road games in conference aren't that tough. Like they they go on the road to Memphis mm-hmm. and on the road and to Rice. Temple, but those are the two toughest games they have on the road. Their home yeah. games are not tough. They don't get UTSA. No. They don't get no. uh, Tulane. They don't get FAU. Yeah, yeah they I mean, really they, got a good conference they, draw. They, that that's fun. what I'm saying. Like I think mm-hmm. SMU runs the table in this conference, and but, I think it comes down to what they do in non-conference. Whether they go. Whether they're sitting at eleven and one and and battling it out with whoever their opponent is for that New Year's six spot, yeah. but I think I, I've I got them, think I think I've got them at nine wins right now. So I like I said, I nibbled the over. I got them at seven and five. I'm not buying it, dude. I have they, ten and two. I have them losing the two Power Five games, but I, I got them around the table yeah. conference. Cam, yeah, I have the over as well. Um, I. 
I'm somewhere between Tyler and BJ where I don't necessarily say it's a lock, but I also don't nibble it. I think it's fairly safe. Uh-huh. I wouldn't do I wouldn't do the full 10 though. <laughs> on that bet. Oh, no. Dogecoin baby. <laughs> 2 years ago. We didn't bet Dogecoin. <laughs> Clearly. Speak yeah, for yourselves. I, I could be wrong. I just don't I don't trust Rhett Lashley at that's, all. That's fair. I, I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. That's really perfectly fair. acceptable. Uh, you know, I, I, I love how uh, Phoebe shows up Phoebe, when you. Phoebe, Phoebe's Coach just loving the show. <laughs> yeah. She has no idea. What's going She's on. having so much. Dude, look at how happy she is, man. She's I can't so wait. We're gonna have a, We're gonna have a dog battle. Everybody's gonna. We're gonna get a, a vote going in the chat for whose dog is better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win that. I don't know. It's tough to top Cali. German yeah, Shepherds Cali's, have Cali's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Temple gets five and a half, and I'm I'm hammering over on that one, man. I I really I like over. it. I like their schedule. Uh, albeit, it's definitely tough. I think their schedule lends to at least bowl eligibility. Uh, I, the experience coming one. back, and I just again like it's a weird like. I don't know a lot about Stan Drayton, but it's a gut feeling that it's it's good. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, I've I've reevaluated even you know today. I had them you know at the start of this morning. I was like, I need to reevaluate because I'm looking at you know five wins. I'm like that doesn't feel right. But where am I going to change some things? And before right before the show started, I, my final record I have for them seven and five. So I go mm-hmm. over as well. Mm-hmm. Seven and five. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm slightly on the underside. I don't think they reach a bowl game, but okay. um, it, it's close to me. I don't think they're a bad roster. I just think that they're they have some missing pieces for sure. Yeah, that's agreeable. Yeah. I uh, I'm gonna go slight under. Like we got like another Colin split. Saying, yeah, like Colin saying, um, definitely gonna be a lot of growth though here in philly at temple this year and hopefully they're able to continue to carry that momentum forward their, their last four games of the schedule right after their bye if they can if they can manage even three and one they've got a chance potentially for four and oh and that really yeah. is going to determine their win yeah. total tyler all Who's right next? sorry i was i was Sprinkling a, a bet here on. <laughs> uh, Let's save the degeneracy for later. <laughs> well, hey, look. So Tulane's getting nine and a half, and the over is actually the juice? least favored. Yeah. The so wow, that's yeah. The, o- the over is a very close plus one ten. So I was like, yeah, I'll that's yeah, yeah that's, that's that's a good bet because of the fact that it is plus one ten. Um, and I I would take the over. I guess I'm yeah, gonna go I'm, first since I'm just talking about it. No, I'm taking. I'll the take over. the over, but they have enough tough games on their schedule. Like they have <laughs> one of the tougher schedules in the entire conference. They mm-hmm. get FAU and UTSA back to back where they have to go to Boca Raton, which mm-hmm. is a little bit of a travel. They have to go to Rice. They have to play Memphis on a Friday night. They have at to Memphis. play Yeah, at Memphis yeah. on a Friday night. They have to play at Southern Miss right after Ole Miss. They have to play Ole Miss at home and they have to play South Alabama who is my current favorite for the New Year's 6 out of the G5. That's a tough schedule. So is it a lock that they're going to be over 9 and a half? No, but I got them around ten and two. They could luck into eleven and one. They're a good team, a really yeah. good team. So if they go ten and two on with that schedule, they'll be in the conversation for my six. Even if a team like South Alabama is eleven and one, 
Do you want me to go or Tyler? I think you normally start. I, I mean, Tyler can since he yeah. normally starts, and I kind of took that over. So sorry oh, I, about that. I mean, I figured when I said I was sprinkling some money in there, uh, you yeah, knew what I was said doing. He was that's, that's an over. over. The yeah, that's an over. The subtle, I, I, the subtle you know, the, takes. The, 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 the tough games that mentioned in the schedule, I mean, you look at, you know, Southern Miss on the road right after Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, even if they lose that Ole Miss game, which is 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 a very you know distinct possibility, the mm-hmm. loss last year coming off that huge upset win over Kansas State, I think that's there's motivation there. You know, there that is a, a semi small little rivalry that they've got going, and for sure they want to to get the bell back. I think that they could absolutely go in there and win that road game. They've got a you know Memphis coming off of a bye, so that is beneficial for them. Even though it's on a Friday night, they've got you know essentially 13 days to prepare. For that road game, and then you're looking around their their other tough road game before the last two is Rice, which is you know certainly manageable. It's very possible that they could have a, a spot clinched in the American title game by week oh, twelve. Yeah. I, I, I think that they could absolutely hit the over here. Yeah, I'd go with the over. All right. Very quickly on UAB, they sit at five and a half. I'm taking the under. Under. Over, I think they make a bowl game. They have talent. Oh, they have talent, but I'm man. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I still need to see with. I'm, I'm selling on Dilfer. I, I I hate to say it. I'm yes. selling. I'm not. Yes. I think he's very smart, and I think he knows what he's doing. I could be wrong though. Yeah. Uh, UTSA says it's seven and a half. Uh, over. Slam the over. What? Over. I can I, I see know. them. I'm, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go over. They've got we, a. We could we could see UTSA Tulane back to back weeks. We could. We could. It's very possible. They just. I don't think they have a tough enough schedule. They could easily beat Houston. That's like a 50-50 yeah, game. I, I we'll really see think about they that. Yeah. Now, the out of conference is a big factor in this because if they lose to Houston Army and Tennessee. Then yeah, that that might be seven and five walking right there because I don't know if they're going to get through conference play without two losses. But I mean, their tough games are FAU and Tulane. Like yeah. Rice is probably the next toughest game in conference play or at home. Temple, but that's yeah. off a of bye. Yeah. Even though you know for Temple, I'm pretty sure that's off a of bye as well. Might not be. I'm not positive. Don't. No, it's not. Never mind. No, no. But so yeah, the toughest game outside of those two is probably. Rice, so I feel like the floor for this UTSA team in conference should be six and two. Yeah, but out of conference, if they go one and three, only beating Texas State or somehow dropping to Texas State if they improve, but then beat Houston or Army, if they go one and three, they're not going to hit that number. I think they're going to go three and one. I have them going over. Yeah, all right, we're a little over our time, so we're gonna quickly do our conference championship predictions uh game and winners i'll go first i'm gonna take smu over tulane and smu will be the new year six recipient wow flying high on that one (laughs) i just want to let that sink in for a second before i went so i had a different thought and i just happened to see because i was uh, I was going to go a different route. I happened to see the game in the final week of the season between a team that we just talked about and uh, 
the potential back-to-back situation. And that's that's where I'm going. I've got and Tulane and UTSA playing back-to-back weeks with Tulane taking down UTSA both times to win the conference title and be in the discussion probably the New Year's Six team out of the American. Cam. Cam. Yeah. I've kind of gone back and forth like when I was making my predictions and when I had even during the show, during the course of the show, like there's three teams that I see very much so competing for spots in a two team game. Um, Mm -hmm. As of right now, I have, Tulane versus SMU as the championship game, though I very well could see UTSA in that game as well. But I have Tulane winning back-to-back conference champions. I have Tulane versus FAU in the conference championship game. Uh, UTSA, I just talked about it. I think they could go 6-2 and two in conference. They have to go to FAU, to Tulane. Mm-hmm. Not high on SMU the way that you, some of you guys are, even though they brought in a hole in the transfer portal. And again, that conference slate for FAU, that's very workable, very mm-hmm. manageable. If they can pull off those big home games, mm-hmm. they will get there. Now, easier said than done. It's UTSA and Tulane. That's not mm-hmm. going to be easy. I do think that Tulane gets revenge on FAU and wins the conference for a second consecutive year because of the fact that FAU does beat Tulane and Tulane's going to have good tape learning lesson there. The game that takes Tulane maybe out of the NY six or the game that will give them the revenge that they need to be able to vault themselves into the new year six. I picked South Alabama as an 11 to one team, but I could easily see the committee picking Tulane at 10 to two over a South Alabama at 11 and one. Yeah, it's hard to beat somebody twice. I dread the day that Ohio State and Michigan will inevitably probably play in the Big Ten Championship right after playing the week before. With the new lineup, it's going to happen. I think Colin and I can both admit it's probably going to happen at least once. Um, So Almost happened last year where we had a rematch. Yeah, it's it's really hard to to beat somebody twice. So I I agree. I mean, we saw TCU last year in the Big 12 Championship. And so, yeah, I, I get it. I totally do. With all that said, that wraps it up for the American Athletic Conference. Tune in next – well, on Sunday, we'll have the Pac-12. That's going to be our first of many Power 5 previews. we got a whole slate scheduled for the month of August. Don't forget to tune in. But for all of us here, check into our other shows on the Lowdown Network on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify if you're watching on YouTube, on YouTube if you're watching us on Spotify. If you're watching us on Facebook, get on YouTube. And subscribe. Anyways, and yeah, and don't ever go back and listen to my ad reads again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>